We got here for another episode of your favorite podcast, your mama favorite podcast, your uncle favorite podcast, Jesus' favorite podcast. We are here for the Jigsaw podcast. We're here to talk about all of the things about how we navigate this crazy puzzle piece um, called life. But particularly, we're going to talk about the perils, the praises, the productivity, and the pumping circumstance of being black millennials in America. I am Josh Rogers, but today, you know who I am. We have somebody special sitting in here with me because Brian isn't here. Brian has abandoned You've abandoned me. <laughs> don't live here anymore. <laughs> so we found somebody to come sit in. Um, we, you, you hear his name a lot. He would probably say that we talk bad about him, that we throw dirt on his name. But y'all don't believe those lies. Don't believe those lies. We love our brother. But introduce yourself. Tell the people who you are specifically. I am the... Chris Moore. Oh, the yeah, I'm that guy. He is I. I am him in the flesh. Well, I guess on the mic, given mm. that this is a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You are Chris the Mustang. Are you the? You kept saying the the. No, no, no. I don't want to be. No, <laughs> no. I'm not trying to take stabs or shots at anyone. Oh, um, that was that was a stabbing shot right there. I mean, hey, it is what it is. It happens. I speaking of, I guess we could talk about this later. The BET Awards comes on uh, this weekend. I'm very much anticipating watching that. Mm. Is it the BET Awards or is it the Hip Hop Awards? It's BET Awards. I, I don't watch it's, that hip hop stuff. It comes around every year around my birthday. Yeah, and they is. say they outside this time. It's so, a June. It's a June thing. That's right. It's a June thing. Day That's before right. my birthday. Just throwing it out there. Hey, well, you know, we will listen. Okay. So, <laughs> as you know, Brian isn't here. He's on the beach. He's on a private beach. He has his own villa up in Martha's Vineyard. Up in Martha's Vineyard with the with the rich people. With the rich people. Him and his family are there. They have sunscreen on their nose only because that's what rich white people do. They're eating <laughs> a bougie rich white woman salad every day prepared by personal they might, chefs. You know, they might have wine and cheese like throughout the day. Yeah, they, they they have a consistent uh what is it called charcuterie board that's it's just, it that's just sitting on the they're sitting on the island in their guest home mm-hmm. listen they walk out the backyard and it's just there and it's just there's the beach on the beach yep and brian has on tall white socks like he's like he's living in california <laughs> socks with uh the slides socks with the slides Jeez, he only please. takes the, he only takes the socks out so he can roll up his capri his male capri pants and walk into the water. <laughs> <laughs> he walks in the water. He don't. He don't swim in yeah. there. Yeah, he don't want to get his shins wet. <laughs> <laughs> so he only goes ankle deep. <laughs> Man, looking at a lighthouse. Look, looking at a lighthouse. While Lauren, God. Lauren is laying there sipping her drink out of a coconut. <laughs> Shouts out to Brooklyn doing Shouts the same to, thing probably. Shouts out to Brooklyn, <laughs> just splashing everywhere. Splash. She splash, got on. Splash. She got on flower sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Riding her toy uh, Cadillac truck. On, you know on it. The <laughs> on the <side>. drinking, drinking, <laughs> drunk off juicy juice. <laughs> she wasted off Cap- juicy juice. Capri Sun wasted. Man, so that's that's what Brian life. Is. That's what Brian is. He's enjoying life, enjoying family. He is thriving in his blackness. Um, and we're not just forward. surviving, but thriving. Ooh, yes, that's a word. Not just surviving, but thriving. Speaking of survival, that's what we're here for. 
are you paying attention to the um to the playoffs because they're not a lot of teams are have survived. My team, yeah. your team was out in the first round. I can't talk because so with the Lakers. Um, mm-hmm. everyone knows that Brian is the Lakers fan. Um, I'm a LeBron James fan, and um, they went out the first round, but I'm still watching the playoffs. I'm interested. I'm into it. Um, yeah, because you're one I of those made... 404 guys, those Atlanta Hawks. You know, yeah, you light skin like Trey. I I. <laughs> no um question has trey young gone through puberty he still sounds like a little kid when he talks you know i don't know i I know he's out here talking a lot of smack but i don't know if he's he he definitely talking um but i am a fan of the atlanta hawks it's the only atlanta team that i really go for i can't stand the falcons the braves are it's better to go to a game well it's better to go to the battery than it is to go watch the Braves um, for my uh, little perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, I definitely am watching the playoffs. I'm enjoying what I'm seeing. Uh, it's a lot of storylines attached to it. Um, I'm hoping Chris Paul can beat his former team. Um, once he comes back, reach the finals. Um, there's another storyline that the coach of the Milwaukee Bucks used to be the coach of the Atlanta Hawks. Mm. So now it's kind of funny seeing that he has to beat the Hawks in order to get to the championship. So it's definitely some good storylines. Interessante. So that covered Josh Rogers athletic abbreviations because that was enough. Well, you didn't say nothing. I, mean, I, I know. That's why I was so that's why they're called abbreviations. They're short. I, actually, <laughs> I acknowledge the playoffs. I acknowledge mm-hmm. your your melanin comparisons Mm -hmm. and that's all i have to get (laughs) because the playoffs is a time where nba teams play off against each other you see what i did there great so i see what you did song of the week it is here um it is not typically my week you know again brian left me to be martha stewart left you to be so i know um, you ain't gonna leave me no song of the week oh no i can't sing oh you know i don't sing either but since this but since we are here for the gospel i just wanted you I, i think i got one you ready I think this is a problem. I think. I hope I know the words. All right. For those of you that think that gospel music has gone too far, <laughs> you think we've gotten too radical with our message. Well, I got news for you. You ain't heard nothing yet. And if you don't know, oh, no. now you know. Now you know. Glory, glory. Boom, boom. Lately, I've been going through some things that really got me down. Put your hands together. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Put your hands together. Uh, I need someone, somebody to help me come and turn my life around. That is Stomp, the remix. Back I wish I could have seen this uh, <laughs> breakdance liturgical dance he did. Jesus Feature, Christ. Featuring salt of salt and pepper. And youth uh, conferences were never the same again. They were never the same. Youth conferences, promo <laughs> videos, people were stomping all over the place. That's probably where Lidja got the ATL stomp from. <laughs> it was Kirk Franklin. It would not surprise me. <laughs> it was Kirk Franklin. You know, Gospel rips off of R&B and rap. Rap rips off of gospel. All the time. All the time. But with that being said, understood, and accepted, brother, are you ready to start the show? Are you ready to really sit in? Because, you know, you've been on the show plenty of times as a guest in the living room. But you, you're right. here. You, you, you're like a, this, this, you're like an Airbnb. <laughs> you, you rented out the I whole guess. space. <laughs> I guess so. so. All right. So let's go and to the Blessed Report and talk about some Black excellence. Yeah. 
All right, good people. We are here at the Blessed Report, and we are going to talk about Black excellence. And this week, um, we are highlighting some hometown heroes. Um, I didn't know about these brothers until this week, but um, um, Toriano Banks, strong Black name, and Ralph Bolden are the um, founders and creators of Disbelief Tequila. Disbelief Tequila is a premium tequila made from hand-selected 100% blue agave grown in the highlands of Jalisco, Mexico, which is one of the most desirable areas to grow agave. Based in Memphis, Tennessee, Disbelief, and that is spelled (laughs) D-I-S-B-E-L-E-F, went from a full warehouse to a near empty, um, um, to a full warehouse to being near empty selling their own tequila. Um, Golden has said that none of the distributors would even take a meeting with us, let alone even look at the product. So the two took on the roles themselves. This belief um, is is double the steel and ages for no less than 60 days in premium oak barrels to add character and complexity to its refined taste. And the first flavor to hit your mouth is vanilla, followed by the natural sweetness of the agave. It has a smooth and mellow finish. <laughs> so this belief can be found in most Memphis area spirit retailers, aka liquor stores. And <laughs> with demand <laughs> happening as strong as it is, the brand can soon be found in other cities and states soon. So shout out to Toriano and Ralph um, for starting their own tequila brand and having it right there in the city. Um we love to see it. Outside is back open and everybody going to Casamigos. So, you know, trade out to Casamigos and get you some disbelief because you might you might not believe how great the taste is. Baby, I see what I, I did there. I see what you did there. <laughs> I'm actually in disbelief that you talked about tequila on this theme show. Yeah. <laughs> Considering that we're talking about the gospel verses. Well, Jesus we're talking about tequila. So, well, he didn't do that with the alcohol, with the tequila. Well, Onto the billboards. So what we so this week we want to acknowledge that God has been faithful and He stayed the hand of death again. Nobody oh that we know of has died. Uh, so I'm trying to think. So Did shout anybody? out, don't, don't think about it. We've already made the declaration. Okay, that He stayed the hand okay. of death. Okay. Um, but speaking of people who are always killing it, little baby, he has a pen. Um, <laughs> born as Dominique Armani Jones. We love a strong black name here on the podcast. Dominique Armani Jones has taken the world by storm with his amazing amazing flow in his lyrics i believe the man of god has endless long because he does not breathe on any track he does not breathe <laughs> he does not breathe on any track that he is on but his hard work has paid off little baby was recently named ascaps uh i'm excuse me ascaps 2021 songwriter of the year what am i thinking um he joins the controversial selection of cardi b from 2020 so last year y'all know cardi b was named songwriter of the year don't do this and i'm trying to understand the ways in which <laughs> This, this this such respected community in the in the in, in mm-hmm. the industry would name uh, Bell Khalees songwriter mm-hmm. of the year. Chris, do you have any any any, any thoughts <laughs> surrounding <laughs> Bell Khalees being songwriter of your last year and then it being transitioned to an artist, Dominique, aka Lil <laughs> um, who um, actually writes? Does she have writing credits? I'm sure she was in the room. <laughs> she's in the room she's in the room. i mean if they put her down for writing credits okay or if she put herself down okay she's a songwriter okay well hey man to, look, to okay. the extent okay we don't know we don't know i do think she i think she was only in there giving like migos ad libs i don't know that she really pinned anything but she, she did. probably wrote the lyrics down as they said them to mm, her so she's a writer not a writer, writer. Mm. 
Not a yeah. That makes sense because she wrote the song on the paper, right? <laughs> and then she went in the booth to perform and said song. The song. So here we are. Here we are. Writer of the year. But this ain't about Bel Calice. This is about <laughs> this is about Dominique Armani Jones, aka Little Baby, who was 2021's uh, songwriter of the year. So shout out to um, Dominique there. Um, other black folk who are killing the game are the black people in Seattle, and they are not here for the whites. The, they, are, they are having a pride event that will charge $50 per person as a reparations fee <laughs> for white people to attend. The event is scheduled to be held in Seattle's Jimi Hendrix Park and is hosted for black and brown members of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, the leaders of the event had this to say, Chris. They said that white allies are welcome, but will have to pay between $10 and $50 per person in order to keep the event <laughs> free for black and brown people because it is an event for black and brown people of that community and this is a question that i want to ask you do you think that all black and brown events should charge reparation fees so that we can get in free <laughs> honestly yeah go ahead um go ahead. why not because it's the least that you can do and if you're going to be our ally and you say you know what Black lives matter. I love my black friends. We're all equal. Yeah, put your money where your mouth is. Put your money where your mouth. Pay that reparations fee. I'm here for pay it. that. Pay that fee. I'm good with it. Um, I will say one thing about this. Monique said it best. I love us for real because only us will come up with something like this. Only us. <laughs> only us. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate it too. So you know, if you are a white ally to black people, specifically black. Um, gay queer trans all the people in that community if you're an ally of all of that and you happen to be white as well then what they're asking you if you're going to enjoy their festival their celebration right pay the reparations fee so that means when juneteenth comes back around next year and we have the all black picnic we we instituting the same thing that the seattle lgbtq um you know, event planning team, that black event planning team did. Y'all give us, uh, y'all give us the reparations. You do the things and you pay the entry fee so that we can get in free. Okay. All right. And I know it's none of my business. It's my, okay. But go <laughs> ahead. Get in there anyway. Go ahead. What does money going to? It don't matter. Is this like, the, is this going to offset costs? The creator said that <laughs> they got to pay so it can remain free for us. That's I'm what not it mad is. at it. And that's it what, makes sense to me. That's what it, it makes sense to me. That's the, all the logic that I need. All right. Um, speaking of black folk who are doing the things, they have went on strike on their little tickety talk app. TikTok has seen a decrease in creativity as the black dance originators have stepped away from the app. The creators have stopped uploading content as a matter of demanding respect and honor for the work that they do to push the culture. And consequently, all the little white colonizers have also not put anything on the app. Why? Because they don't have anything left to steal. All of their content, and they're stealing black dances and getting credit for teaching people how to do the dance crazes to all the, you know, I make it hot, all the things. You know what I'm saying? That's what they're trying to do. They're copying us. So, TikTok, give these black kids their flowers because without us, there is no TikTok. Okay. And I'm going to upset somebody, friend of the podcast. Child, there is no TikTok. <laughs> I mean, and even to that point, it just doesn't stop with TikTok. It's what they do. Oh, it's what, um, yeah, it's absolutely what they do. Even on Instagram, Facebook, everywhere. I mean, and we've seen it at the highest level. Beyonce did Homecoming. And a few weeks later, Taylor Swift did her own white marching band performance. Like, 
Are you kidding me? <laughs> Taylor, just a, first of all, Taylor just Swift a, wants to be Beyonce so bad. And it's nowhere near. Nowhere near. She's a B, but it's not Beyonce. No. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, staying in theme with blacks doing the things. Master P wants to be the head coach of the New Orleans Pelicans. Louisiana rapper turned mogul. Oh, Jesus. Wants to expand his brand even more, Chris. Having a short stint with the Hornets in 98 and the Raptors in 99. See, I've done my research because Josh Rogers knows the athletic things. That was not enough. You know. That was not enough for Percy. Person now <laughs> wants to be the first hip hop. This is what he said. He said he wanted to be the first hip hop head coach of his hometown team. And Miller claimed that he was close to joining Gentry staff. Um, side note, Gentry just got fired as the head coach of the Pelicans. But he was close to joining Gentry staff in 2017 as an assistant coach and is still willing to come in as an assistant coach today for the new staff. <laughs> but he was adamant by saying he actually wants to head spot as our guest in residence and as an avid sports fan, do you think, you know, Percy has the chops to be the head coach of an NBA team in the year 2021? Let me um, go back to this last sentence you said. Okay, go ahead. He is willing to come in as an assistant oh, yeah. on the new staff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You can be willing to do whatever <laughs> you want. <laughs> You're not going to get that job, though. You don't think they gonna, have to call on you. You don't think he's going to get the job, Reverend? You don't think his name is enough? Man. <laughs> he better work on getting rap snacks into uh, Smoothie King Center. He has a better chance of doing that than being an assistant coach for the New Orleans Pelicans. I mean, Purse is the same man who wants to buy an HBCU. He's a saint. <laughs> What's that song? He even got his son, Romeo, <laughs> doing a song. What's that song? IDC College. Oh, I see Dicey DC. Well, IDC, I don't care. I, we none of us care. No one cares. <laughs> yeah. But this this shouldn't be a thing. It shouldn't be a thought. Um, I appreciate his ambition. Um, but sometimes we can get a little bit lost in our ambition. We need to become realists. I absolutely agree. You know, I would much rather see a No Limit reunion tour than I would ever want to see him rapping. I mean, trying to coach any. And I, I'm not even a real fan of basketball, but I just know that that's not a thing he should be doing. I mean, if you want to go that route, Dion he wanted to be a head football coach at a major college, but it didn't work. So he said, I'm going to just go to Jackson State. And but, build from there. But at least Dion had a real long he had a real career. career. Hall of Famer. Yeah, all that kind of thing. Master P literally played two preseason stints. And that's what <laughs> that's where I was going. Because if Master granted, Master P does have a athletic background in basketball. Sure. You don't have to start at the top. Yeah, sure. There's nothing wrong with working your way. I would have been fine if he would have said, Hey, I'm gonna be the head basketball coach of one of the top high schools yeah, in the world. He could have got him an AAU team. Easy. That's Snoop Dogg did it. Penny Hardaway. Snoop Dogg had a Penny's coaching his his you know the Tigers. His hometown team. And you never know so, where that'll go from. You know where to go from there. So absolutely. And with Master P, he could have easily been like Snoop Dogg and made this into a reality show on Netflix. Granted, I wouldn't watch it, yeah, but somebody but would because people watch somebody would. Up pop with Romeo. I don't know why, but hey, there's an audience for everything. For everything. There's a whole nother world out there. Is Romeo on Grown Up Hip Hop side note, or is that just Bow Wow? I think it's Bow. I know Romeo usually does like these weird jobs like hosting X on the Beach and Temptation Island and random mm. real world road rules challenges. Mm. It's, it's weird. Mm. He has a weird lane. 
Hmm. Interesting. I don't think it's interesting. Okay. <laughs> Enough about the Millers. Um, but staying in thing with, with black men who have lost their mind. Trick Daddy <laughs> has rotted from the King inside. King of transitions. Yeah, I tried my best. Trick Daddy <laughs> has rotted from the inside out. If you ever seen him, he looks like COVID in human form. Um, but not only Jeez. that, he was on a clubhouse and he they were talking about music and he uttered his mouth and said, these words Beyonce don't write music and barely can sing her mother effing self trick daddy 46 ranted on the panel and the club has audio which was leaked this past Monday he continued to say I'm gonna give an unpopular opinion right now Beyonce is to R&B what Jay-Z is to New York that's why they together I don't even know what that means I have no idea what that means either <laughs> however it seems as if the man of God just doesn't like Beyonce now there have been plenty of people who would suggest some of the same idiotic things that Mr. Uh, Mr. Daddy has said. Um, but I think all of them are dumb too. I think Beyonce, like many major artists, and I'm not, I'm not in the hive. I am probably hive adjacent. I love mm-hmm. Beyonce. I stand her. All of her music, she probably can do very little wrong to me. Um, right. But what I would, I would never say she's the greatest singer of all time. Never will Agreed. say. That. Won't even say she's the greatest singer of today. I think there are Agreed. other singers, like just singers, who are vocally better than Beyonce, i.e. Jasmine Sullivan. Mm-hmm. Out right now, nowhere near the, the same level of stardom, but in terms of vocal ability, Jasmine Sullivan will outsing Beyonce. Right. But in terms of star power, in terms of influence, in terms of entertainment value, Beyonce is far-reaching. Nobody has reached that height since, like, Michael Jackson. Nobody's, right. like, touching it, right? All that considered, it does not mean that she can't, that she doesn't have a vocal ability. Um, she has right. plenty of songs, but she's proven her vocal ability. Halo, which is one of her more boring and like one of my one of my least favorite songs from her. Um, That's the pop song. Yeah, but but let's let's just go back to Dreamgirls. Listen, yeah, it's where she laid it all on the tape. If you ain't never heard her sing before. <laughs> she put yeah, it legit. Out, yeah she put it all out and then if you go back from the writings on the wall up to lemonade she got in the, she was in her bag you can you can hear the progression and how she's really worked on her voice and it was never right. bad but you can tell like she's been through training so the girl can sing and mm-hmm. i i just don't know where this come i don't know if you know if trick daddy said in that studio was like you know what i need i need to trend today <laughs> he needed some attention. He needed some attention. But I, I don't know that he got the attention that he wanted because the Beehive has been buzzing. They went on the Googles and has took this man's oh. restaurant rating down from like four stars to two and a half <laughs> in a matter of. And a from half. what I've seen, the food looks like it's pretty good. Oh, but they but are because going he done violated. He didn't violate it. They don't care. They don't. And care. I think the problem is, so I'm a Beehive boy. I will say that. Okay, sure. but I'm not. I'm not strong behind. Yeah, I ain't putting no bees in nobody's comments and stuff. I'm not. Doing yeah, that. I'm not doing all that. <laughs> I think the problem is he just went to. I, and I think the issue with anybody in the beehive is when you talk about Beyonce, just don't discredit her. Like you just said, she can't mf and sing at all. Right. Like you made and her you sound said like she don't write. Like she definitely writes. Legit. And granted, I will say that anybody in the beehive will say she's not like Whitney Houston level caliber yeah. of sinking. It, they're, they're realist, but it's when you come at her and say something dumb like this. Like, are you kidding me? Trick daddy. And then it's you trick, know, and then it's trick daddy. Come, uh, <laughs> see what you did there. But then it's trick daddy of all people. Like, trick daddy, trick daddy. 
You don't know now. You was over here doing ad libs on Uncle Luke. Are we really trying to have this conversation? Who are you? <laughs> right. Your biggest <laughs> that's, that's claim to fame recently is legit love of hip hop Miami. And that was only because you got into an argument with Trina. But if you didn't get into an argument with Trina, we would not care. And your biggest hits, lowest of keys are with Trina. They're not solo projects. True. So anyway. Who's really the baddest? <laughs> it's Trina. So anyway, uh, we're going to leave that alone. We're going to let the Beehive continue to swarm him. I think I have <laughs> the blackest blackest story for the billboard that I've ever I've ever I've ever probably reported. Oh, that should be good. Yeah. Friday is a holiday mm-hmm. that I didn't know even existed until today. Friday Uh-oh. is National Catfish Day. Didn't know it was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Never knew it was a thing. Josh Rogers about to have him a fish fry. June 25th, I usually try to eat very healthy on Fridays because I go to the gym on Saturday mornings. But this particular fry, I'm going to get me some whole fried catfish, forever. <laughs> oh, it's going down. And did you know Ronald Reagan was the one who initiated it? The, <laughs> the shock of it all. The shock of it all. I would at least thought it was uh, Jimmy Carter. He's a Georgia boy. <laughs> he's a Georgia boy. You would or think. Bill Clinton. He's an Arkansas boy. You know them. You know catfish. Arkansas. Yeah, but Ronald uh, Reagan. Ronald Reagan. But anyway, somebody black was in that kitchen. Somebody was in that. He was ooh. And now it makes me think this is racist because he probably has some I black, about to say some black maid in there fried him some fish. <laughs> I don't like. Was she light skin? I don't like. No. Mm-mm. He had a grandma in there. Yeah, he had somebody with with the with the, with the fat on there. Yeah, arm. I better say with the uh, with the Oprah arm. That's right, with the potato salad arms, Reverend. He was there. Oh. But no, but Friday is National Catfish Day. If you know me, if you didn't know about it, if you don't know me by <laughs> now. Oh, that was good. You will never Uh-oh. ever know. I didn't got caught up. Ooh, <laughs> ooh. I love me some catfish, y'all. I love Chris. No, I love catfish. Yes, catfish. I have a question for you about catfish. Go ahead. How do you like your catfish? Oh, fried. Like, do you put anything on it? Uh, uh hot sauce. <laughs> hot sauce. See, I'm a mustard and hot sauce kind of guy. Mm-hmm. It's got to be Louisiana. I mean, I don't. Here's another conversation for another day. There's only certain hot sauces that taste good on certain foods. Mm. But that's that's a whole different conversation. I will say, so we talk about hot sauce. I bought their Old Bay hot sauce. How is it? You can take it back to where it came from. It can go back to the Pizza really? from whence it came. I just, Old Bay is already a very particular seasoning. Yeah. And, and flavor. And I think it does well in like seafood boils and, you right. know, they got the Old Bay chips and stuff. I think that's great. But in liquid form, it just, it just don't do it for me. I I, I sprinkle a little bit on. I, oh, I'm I'm a I'm a hot sauce dipper. I don't put it on okay. my catfish. So uh, I sprinkle some on the plate. I'm like, what is this? So I went you back. Know, you and, a real nigga. I went back. You dip. <laughs> oh yeah, I pulled it off that. You know, my whole catfish. I slide it off that off that scale, off that off that spine. <laughs> and I dip it in there, and you know you you do that right there. Um. But yeah, I did that. And I was like, oh, pass my Louisiana. And then um, I'm mad because Old Bay hot sauce was almost $4 for that bottle. So now I got like a pretty much a full bottle, a $4 hot sauce in my pantry that pretty much ain't going to get used. Well, if you want, I know you'll be in Memphis soon. I will bring it down. I prom- Just <laughs> send me a text message. <laughs> put it in your luggage, though. Don't put it in the carry-on because they're going to throw it out. Well, I'm driving. Okay, <laughs> so because you I know we're doing a whole you know uh, 
we doing a whole American tour the, the first three weeks <laughs> of, of July. So we had to pick one of these trips to drive to. And that was Oh, y'all gotta get an RV. That was the is that a white people thing? I'm not getting no RV. We're gonna get in that Altima. <laughs> we gonna we gonna get it in Lady Eloise. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, named, That's your car name? I named her Lady Eloise. Yes, after one of my favorite after people, Earth Earth Kid. Kid. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, Pooh Shicey. <laughs> well, I should have took it up and not just become Nikki. <laughs> um, all right, y'all. Ain't that Cardi? No, Nikki did it first. Oh, my apology. Now you know, you know I'm a kid. Now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. That's that has <laughs> that has been the billboard. Um, but we we about we about to bring this thing all the way in and get sanctified because this is the last. You know, we'll get it in the, in the billboard. So let's do this. Let's grab your drink, grab your snack, grab whatever you need to do. Grab your communion juice. Head on down to the living room. I'm gonna um, grab my Martin Luther King fan. Oh, now that's the one. I'm gonna grab my Willie Watkins fan, and we gonna go all <laughs> we gonna, we gonna go all the way down uh, to the living room, and let's have this conversation. All right, good people, we are here, and as you know. Uh, we're here in the living room, if you didn't know, if you're new to the podcast. And as you know, this month was Black um, Music History Month. We've been celebrating. Um, Chris, I've been trying to keep up with, like, all the days and post this song on that day. And, you know, a brother got tired around <laughs> day 15. I was just like, I can't. Man, things happen. I can't. I can't. I can't keep doing this. This is too much. It's a lot of music. I got to think through. I got to go find a post. I'm not following the page. So I got to go find the page every day. It's just a lot. So I was like, you know what? I'm protecting my self-care, black man self-care, preserving my energy. I don't have the capacity for this. <laughs> um, but anyway, this is the last week, and me and Brian have given you some staples in black music. We gave you R&B, we gave you rap, um, and now, you know, we had to go back to our roots. Y'all know we church boys. We grew up in the church. We met in the church, Brian and I did, and, you know, we were still active in the church, you know, in a sense, virtually, because, you, know, <laughs> you know, my church ain't back in no building yet, but <laughs> um, but we had to end it on a high note with the gospel music, and we're going to have a gospel music versus. And I'm super excited because although Brian is not here and Chris is here, doing such a good job, doing such a good. Let's give him a hand. Let's encourage like a church. Let's encourage you doing such a good job. <laughs> we're doing such a Man, good job. <laughs> but no, this is hard for me. But no, but but I, I'm, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you this this highlight before we get into the versus battle. I, I'll say mm-hmm. that I'll say that when we get there. Um, but before we get into that. You know, we like to do a little bit, have a little bit of conversation to talk through, you know, what gospel music means and, you know, the ev- the evolution of that genre. So, Chris, I'm just going to jump out there real quick before we get to what everybody wants to hear. And those are our music picks. Um, give me your thoughts about the current state of gospel music. Give me an honest I don't listen thought. to it. Oh, OK. Go ahead. Go ahead. Like, I don't listen to this new gospel. Stuff. You don't listen to new yeah. gospel? Right, right. I don't know what these people. Oh, you're not they, listening they to sing. Korean Hawthorne, and um, I will say this one thing: gonna do it, Sandy Wood. <laughs> she got this new song out that I heard on the radio because I was um, in my mother-in-law's car, mm-hmm. uh, running some errands, and I heard this song. I was like, "All right, I know the this Korean um, Hawthorne, but I don't know if she's singing to Jesus or trying to meet some man." <laughs> and that's what my whole problem is with the entire gospel industry right now. Is this borderline like R&B, but also like, but I love you, Jesus. It's, it's real weird. It's mm-hmm. like, are you trying to make love to Jesus? Like, I get you want to be in his presence, but are you trying to be in him? 
you want him and you like it's just weird it, it takes on a whole nother life <laughs> um is it's the r&b thing like going too far on that end and then also um my jesus is black i'm gonna just say that jesus is yeah black. jesus is black <laughs> and these songs that a lot of these gospel artists are singing they sing into some white uh poster of jesus mm-hmm. because my jesus uh uh-uh. nah so i'm not a huge fan of the new gospel um, the way I feel about 90s R&B is how I feel about 90s gospel. I mean, when it comes to 90s gospel, I am your boy. Oh, yeah, we know. Right. All day. Chris is Trinity? A, Chris is a stir up the... Oh. <laughs> Trinity 5-7, where are you? Here he go with this Virtue? Foolish, here you go with this foolishness. <laughs> the destiny child of uh No, 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 no. That's just give them 702. Don't you do, <laughs> don't you do virtue. They are, they are the 702 and the totals of don't gospel. They, are, they ain't nobody's destiny child. There's only one destiny child of gospel. Today. And that is Maddie's girls. <laughs> they, they, they're the Supremes of gospel, okay? I will give you that. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that. All right, so, I mean, so you kind of, you kind of answered it a little bit, but what do you considering where gospel music has 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 gone do you con, do you see it how do you see it evolving like is it going to go more and more contemporary or do you think we're going to go back into a shift of like are the choirs coming back or like well, how do you see it growing i hope that it goes back to choirs i, I love a good choir, choir oh, song I love, choir. I love choir songs i love the theatrics of a choir uh especially when you get the get the sopranos then you get the altos then you get tenors do it again then everybody you know i don't have no key uh, we know we know <laughs> I'm, I'm like alicia off keys in here yeah, I, ain't, I don't know i'm gonna, I'm gonna say this one song oh, about to be shady. lift him up <laughs> lift him up <laughs> that's a quick story behind this that's a quick story um <laughs> i had to do a little no, was I preaching or had to you, you was presiding. You were, and for oh, those yeah. who are in church, it presided like he was the MC. <laughs> I was the MC mm-hmm. of this program, and I know my lane. Mm-hmm. But this song is he actually one of that my lane. favorites. He forgot yeah, that. I, I, I swerved off that day. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I caused a wreck. <laughs> You're driving like Rudolph Foster. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to talk about somebody. <laughs> all over the keys but you know we thank god for her and her place all amen right. uh consecration is tonight <laughs> <laughs> but yeah quick story yeah i was presiding the choir got finished with their song and now it's time for me to bring up uh the next part of the program and the music was good i was like all right and yeah i just lost my place mm-hmm. it, it was bad <laughs> it was one of the work it, it was bad yeah, you start because I can't sing a lick. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't know tone. I don't know keys. Um, that's why in my preaching days, mm-hmm. um, believe it or not, people, I was I I, I did preach every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't no hooper. Uh, oh, but you think about praying. But you attempted. <laughs> I, I attempted. Yeah, you know, I would just try to talk loud. Um, this is going way too far. Way left. Yep. So so let's so let's do this. Let, let's bring it on back in. Speaking of let's that, with that, with your preaching and stuff, what role has gospel music played in your life? How has it? You know, do you you said you don't listen to the new stuff, but do you still listen to gospel music? Does does it center you? Like you know, what I'm saying how how do you incorporate that genre specifically? Um, gospel music still plays a part of my life. 
Um, sure. It does bring me that balance. Mm-hmm. Um, just, let's see, the other day, uh, I was just on this big gospel thing. I was like, let me just go down the list. And this was before you even asked me um, to be a part of today's show. But I was just in a phase and it just it just went from there. Um, it I go through these moods where it's like it's going to be heavy on choirs or heavy on like a worship thing um, or sometimes I just like to hear it just to get some positive uh, feedback or positive uh, energy in my mind and going about my day. Mm hmm. How does gospel play music or how does gospel music, um, what role does it play for you in your life? Oh, man. So it's it's definitely a part of every morning's devotion. Um, Mm -hmm. I try to. Well, it well, at certain points in the morning, because when I'm going to my personal trains at 5 a.m., I need some something loud and raucous to keep me from falling asleep (laughs) on the highway driving at 435 in the freaking morning. Um, Right. So you will see me dazed out just really focusing on the highway to three six mafia because that's what i need but in terms of like me actually being up and starting my day i'm not really starting my day without some type of so like this this week particularly has been benita jones formerly known mm-hmm. as benita washington um one of my favorite praise and worship leaders not just because she's the worship pastor in my church i've been following benita since i was like 10 um true and she's just like when she gets in the pocket phew, there are very few who can like, like and this thing is she hasn't reached like i don't think she gets all the flowers and love that she deserves just in general right. but that's been so it's like it definitely starts off my day i can't start off my day without my devotion and prayer of course without some type of uh inspirational um spiritual tune um Kurt Franklin has a compilation album called Songs of the Storms. So, of course, when you're going through and you're struggling, you know, listen, <laughs> gospel is the only thing you want to hear. But on in a general sense, I, people who know me, I, I'm very eclectic in my in my music selection. So I'm the guy who can literally go from future to Kirk to three, six mafia to Hezekiah Walker to I mean, just. And I mean, for real, for real, for real. <laughs> and then sometimes I get stuck, right? Because like, ooh, I want to hear you. I think about that song. I think about this song. Right. I, think about that. I remember about a month ago, it was random. I couldn't sleep. And I had a random thought about college. And I started listening to some old school Lisa McClendon. Um, bro, and that, you know, but she started that whole neo soul gospel wave. And right. I started digging into that. Then I started listening to Adrian Archie, who was an underground neo soul gospel artist. And I just it'll take you there. I was just I, it was it's almost like when you look up some on Wikipedia, and you click one thing, they got all the hyperlinks, and that's what it was. Hour I, later, yeah, <laughs> iTunes started telling me all these people who I forgot about, and I was just like, oh, this was such great stuff. And then some of it took me to like PJ Morton because like you start intersecting with that. And right. Anyway, um, so I get into those things, and then sometimes I just and then. As, as as progressive and liberal as I am, I am churchy to a fault. So I will literally play freaking um, Mil, um, Milton Bronson, Walter I was about, I was about to say, you, you'll go deep in the bag. Yeah. You might throw on some Mahalia Jackson. Well, no. <laughs> no, you can you can have Mahalia and the Gospel Southern Airs <laughs> and all of them. But we when we start talking about the Hawkins singers, like Edwin and Walter and um, right. All you know, and and Milton Bronson and Timothy Wright, and uh, I mean, just you know, old Ricky Dillard, like all that kind of stuff is 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 my. Era. You listen to James Bickman. 
I do. I have some James Bignan, some Christopher. I got some of that. Chris Bronson. What if God is unhappy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With our praise, change the way we talk. Listen, what if he is not pleased? <laughs> yeah, ooh, listen. You have to take me. Won't up. that song get you? You have to take me. That song right get you together. Now. Don't it? You can be reconsider your whole life. So no, but gospel, you know, my my party trick, as I like to suggest, is that I'm a former minister of music. Um, so I have really deep love for gospel music. It was a huge part of my life and my development in church and outside of church. So um, it'll always play a role, always, always play a role. And um, and because I just love God, I don't think I can really have music without gospel being in there. Um, you love God? Yeah, how about you? You don't love God? <laughs> That's what Erica said. <laughs> hey, I, I knew you'd catch on to that. Uh huh. Um, let me ask you this. So before, so we so we headed close into the verses. Who is your favorite? If you had to pick just one, your favorite gospel artist, that one person you can listen to without fail. It's the only gospel artist you can ever choose from. This is gonna be funny considering our history. Um, I'm gonna go John P. Key. Mm. Although I did pick Hezekiah Walker in the verses. Mm. Okay. Why John? John? John is just that dude, man. Uh, show Up is like my all-time favorite gospel album. Yeah, Show Up. Man. And then they just sung one of the songs on uh, at uh, the home going for George Rogers. Um, He'll welcome me. Was Myron Williams leading it? Of course. Oh. <laughs> I haven't heard a song that he <laughs> hasn't led. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. You don't have to sing all the songs. We won't go just there. The director I, just wanted, I just wanted to throw that out there. No. John, you know not to get me started. I know that if I'm changed, if I'm quickly shifting gears. Um <laughs> please do, because I'm trying to get back into Kojic Church. Yeah. I'm trying to get I'm trying to get back to work. I think that ship has sailed for me. Um <laughs> what was I about to say? But yeah, no, 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 no. That's a solid choice. I I'm actually People who know me think that it will probably be Kirk Franklin without a without a shadow of a doubt, because the man has a the man has a catalog. I think, it, I think it is Kirk, or I think I I think I know the second one. Who's the second one? I'm gonna let you just. I'm just gonna say Maddish Girls. It's gonna be one of the Maddish Girls if it's not all of them. It's not either one of them. Really? Yeah. I, I'm actually shocked. Yeah. So it would either I'm tossed between Kirk. It's actually three people. I said their names: Milton Bronson and Walter Hawkins. Um, Milton Bronson has just some like so. I grew up in my home choir. We grew up singing a lot of Milton Bronson, like the Holy Ghost, um, Lord, I'm available for you. Um, the song, the, the one gospel episode, church episode they had on Living Single, um, There Is No Failure, like all all of that is Milton <laughs> Bronson. So, like, and some right. of the songs that you y'all really like is Milton Bronson, and the man's catalog is just I can listen to this stuff over and over. Walter Hawkins is the same way. His stuff has been yeah. remade. Um, redone by so many other people. Um, and then Kirk Franklin just takes us from 90s Kirk with choir up until today. I, I mean, a lot of people don't rock with Kirk up today, but I still rock with Kirk up today. So absolutely. Uh, I think if I had to choose one, it'd probably be Kirk because I grew up on it and I know every single song uh, except that one NC album. That one NC is like Ty Tribbett's Fresh. Yeah, know. we don't we don't count that. That's like we House Party 4. We don't, get, we don't count that one. <laughs> but I'd probably say Kirk, but with a strong Walter Hawkins, Milton Bronson type second, because I love that good old school choir. Um, this, so just depending on the day, it'll change depending up. Depending on the day. But this is the one yeah. that always thumped me and Brian. If the Chris biopic was coming on Lifetime and it had to be a gospel song in one of the scenes, what song is playing? Great question. Mm-hmm. 
Is this the question that you always be like, Josh asked that question? Is this the question? Yeah, this, this is that question. And I should have known <laughs> that this question was going to come. Yeah. Um, good question. Um, <laughs> Helen Baylor's testimony without the drugs. <laughs> this man is going to have Helen Baylor. <laughs> when I had I a friend, grandmother. <laughs> without the drugs. Uh, that's pretty... <laughs> I was 16, 17, promiscuous. <laughs> yeah, that might be true. <laughs> <laughs> All my bodily fluids didn't do their own thing. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> that testimony so... is like the most hilarious thing now. I'm glad that she went through. I'm glad she came through. But when I tell you that thing is hilarious to me, it's a classic. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah. Um... What about you? <laughs> this is where I'm going to go with Maddie's girls. Definitely, um, uh, my redeemer lives. The clock sisters. Reverend, I don't even know that song. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, Kiara just redid it. Um, they say in there, Joe oh, no. picked it up, and he said, "Ah, ah, 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 ah." on lead on that thing. That thing good, Reverend. Said I, I know. thought you were about to say. <clears throat> I it sound like T Pain. Oh yeah, no. Blame it on the ah, ah. Uh, or no, uh, uh, well, you, well, you know, Dorinda thinks she's a, a jazz scatter. So, <laughs> so she'd be silent. You don't know if the record's skipping or she, you know, she, she's singing. Um, but that'll probably be definitely one of the Clark's songs um, in one of them scenes. It has to happen. Probably when I'm right after I got saved and they do the celebration king. We're going to cue, we're going to cue right there. We're going to cue right there. Listen. <laughs> oh, all right. All right. So. With that being said, we talked about the gospel music, got that out the way. Now we're going to get to where everybody's here for, and that is the verses. Now, uh, here's the caveat. Chris is sitting in the seat, but Brian, some, Brian is still, it's, today's episode is a gospel <laughs> quarter to Josh and Brian. And um, so Brian submitted his gospel picks. And um, so not to say that Chris disagrees with anything, but these songs are not a reflection of what he chose. <laughs> I was so gonna give a disclaimer. Okay, these are not reflective. But it's not a full disclaimer because I'm I'm pretty on board with this list. It's yeah. a solid list. I'm, yeah, Brian knows the gospel music. He knows he the gospel. Knows the gospel. Music. So I'm not, you know, I'm already sure this is gonna be a tough one. Um, and the categories for tonight, like we've done every week, we're doing two songs per category. So don't get mad at us if we miss your favorite song, the song that you got saved to, the song your grandmama used to sing, because we just, we, it's so many songs in all of these categories so that it was hard to pick just two. So um, the categories are praise and worship, traditional, um, contemporary. Uh, contemporary is like the contemporary, modern, all that kind of stuff Chris said he don't like. Um, choir, <laughs> group slash quartet. Um, solo 80s, 90s, 2000s, and 2010 to present. So, um, last week I had the privilege of going first or the last verses. So, since Chris is in the seat and he's our guest, we're gonna kick it off with our praise and worship selection. So, go ahead and let us know what you know you and Brian have concocted over there. <laughs> um, again, this is Brian's list. <laughs> um, we're starting out. Praise and worship. With the mm-hmm. praise and worship song. All right. Here we go. I think I know what it is. I have a strong indication. Because I feel like Brian would have come out. He wanted to come out the gate. He comes out the gate hard every time. So on this one, Jesus Christ. Come on now. Um, here we go. 
It's a nice organ in there. That is The Presence of the Lord is Here by Byron Cage, also known as the Prince of Praise. Okay. All right. Well, strong start. Great start. Okay. Okay. But here we go. Here's my, here's, here's my, me first on the board. What is crazy worship without Judy Christie's McAllister? We miss you, Judith. We miss you, Judith. That is Bless the Lord on My Soul by um, the Queen of Praise and Worship. <laughs> Forget we this gonna crown of praise. her. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, Chris. Chris and Brian, number two off, off the board for Praise and Worship. Let's go. Well, uh, that was Brian's um, second song. All right. Well, it's, so, not, it's not now. So <laughs> hope it's he not now. <laughs> he does have a backup. All right. Um, this is one of those songs that I do give the exception for. Okay. Um, there's always the exception to the rule. Um, yeah, I know I don't care for CCM, but mm. this one is good. Oh, I hear it. See, now this is one of those songs. It'll take me there. Okay. I hear you. Death could not hold you down. You couldn't hold him down. <laughs> Man, you are the risen king. All right. Strong, strong number two. Great yeah, song. He, he, yeah, he came good on that one. But I, I'm going to keep it upbeat a little bit because, you know, I'm that kind of guy. This was okay. one. This was one of the classics at our former church. Now, me, Chris, and Brian went to the same <laughs> church at one time in our lives, and this is one of the classics. And you know, just gonna make sure my volume is right where it needs to be. And here we go. Ready? The <laughs> good one. That always takes me out. Shout out to Kevin Cooper. <laughs> Love the, you, Coop. The Chasing After You song extraordinaire. <laughs> Man, he would sing that song almost every Sunday. Every Sunday is like the praise he never rehearsed because that's all they knew. <laughs> I got tired of running. That's all they Jesus. knew. My God, Jesus, can you come find me? <laughs> find me. <laughs> all right. So uh, that was praise and worship. Now we are heading into our traditional category. All right. So first up, Chris, let's go. <clears throat> well, for this selection here. <laughs> It's an oldie but goodie. All right. It's one of those ones that uh, we had to go to Memphis, Tennessee for this. The preacher. Okay. It's going to be. Mm. 
This is when you got to do the, the toe tap. And you got to do the double clap. Yep. We love you, Bishop. All right. So we were in the same vein because I'm going right okay. back to that same church in that same city. <laughs> and I'm going to hit you with this right here. Because oh. I was bound. That's right. Woo! about to take me up. Woo! 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 How you brought me out with your mighty outstretched hand. You broke the band of sin and set me free. Yes, Lord. Gave me joy and peace and victory. That is Bishop, none other than Bishop G.E. Patterson. As he would say, that's Gilbert Earl Patterson. With America's Jesus. Bishop. I'll never forget. Rest in peace to one of the greatest of all times, man. Man. I, I've never heard a bad sermon. <laughs> never. All right. Number two. Let's right. go. Ready for the second one. Um, I don't even know how to introduce this one. That's good. Oh, I love that dramatic boom, boom, boom. Yes. That's a good one, bro. Man, I, I got to admit, so far, I, I'm on one accord with Brian. Yeah. I thought he was going to be real heavy into the worship. He's the worshiper out of all of us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, he when he sent me this list, I was like, I'm rocking with you. All right. You ready? I got my second one. All right, let's go. All right, let's go. Let's let's keep it down south, but a little bit further. A Tennessee All neighbor. Right. <laughs> I don't ever come to play, Chris. <laughs> That is I'm Not Tired Yet by the incomparable Mississippi Masquire. Man. Mississippi Masquire. Still 800 folk <laughs> in a choir. Just up there singing. The dope part about that song, so, you know, I'm an avid sports fan. Mm -hmm. And on Sports Center, one of the guys, his whole thing is, hey, I'm hosting Midnight Sports Center. I'm not tired yet. Cue the song. Feel, and they play that. I feel that. like I've seen a commercial or some, or a clip or something with that. Yeah, that I thought yeah. That yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, All right, here's your favorite category, Chris. Contemporary modern gospel. <laughs> now, this first song, <laughs> I would, everybody was in their 30s. Well, late teens, I should say. Let me be realistic. Okay. Late teens when we found out this was not a husband and wife, oh. but a brother and sister. Oh. So for contemporary, <laughs> this is how we're starting. Okay. This one, um... R&B songs. Oh, this is a good song, though. I love it. Oh, 
We were doing good on intros. <laughs> yeah, some of these intros are long, man. It's so good. Yes! That's a 90s gospel. Woo! I'm about to play this a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Let me turn this off. <laughs> All I want That's good. All right. So I'm going to go a little bit newer. Okay. Um, And this song, it's not my favorite song, but it slapped the world by storm when it came out. And you just could not deny its impact on, you know, the culture and gospel music. So let's do it. I think this is the first ever trap gospel song. <laughs> I love the beat. I just wish it was somebody else. Yeah, but that's I Love God featuring Big Shiz, Erica Campbell. Um, Again, not my favorite song. But if you're talking about like contemporary modern music, it definitely was a staple and almost a turning point from yeah. the BBCC Kirk Franklin kind of contemporary to like this real rap trap. And she's not even a gospel rapper. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's that. It's I feel that, like. It's trap soul. I feel like that's the lane Corin Hawthorne should be in. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, because that voice is real heavy. And she, yeah, she, is. she needs more of that. She Warren Campbell, call career. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, do that. I love her on Instagram yeah. though. That's neither here nor there. Yeah. But I definitely I definitely have much to play behind freaking BB and CC. They're they're great. Man, <laughs> goats. They're great. Go goats. ahead. All right. So I think this is one of those that um Brian will call a John P. Key um type song. Mm. Because this is a song that only if you were raising a single parent home, a single mother home at that. This is like that Saturday cleaning music. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. here we go. Lifting up the name of You got to get into these lyrics. Mrs. <laughs> King came into my life one day. Cocaine. Buddha can do it. <laughs> and then in that same, she said, cocaine couldn't do it. No. <laughs> she got mm-hmm. joy in her heart and she wants the whole world to know mm-hmm. that she's lifting up the name of Jesus. Okay. <laughs> All right. That was Helen Baylor. Yeah, I'm aware. A I favorite. Am, I am aware. So I have something from the era, the 90s. Okay. It was contemporary. Um, it's a choir number, but it's still contemporary and modern. And I think, um, come on, auto tune.
That is 99 and a half by Hezekiah Walker and the Love Fellowship Crusade Choir. <laughs> Man, his contribution to youth choirs is like uh, unmatched. Yeah, and he don't even be giving us a whole lot of lyrics. It's just <laughs> one or two liners and that is it from Hezzy. I mean, youth Sundays were never the same after never Hezekiah same Walker. Hezekiah Walker. All right, brother. We are at um, now officially at choir music. And this is where me and Brian, we're, we're going to take off the gloves. <laughs> it's time to start throwing some punches now. Okay. All right. This song speaks for itself. Okay. Go for it. There it is. Mm. Ah. Feel me. Oh. <laughs> that is Melodies from Heaven by the one and only Kirk Lamont Franklin. I don't know if that's his middle name, but you you came out strong. Yeah. You came we, out we strong. We had to. So I think. Oh man. What I want to do here. I think I have to come back kind of strong too. Okay. Play. I don't know if it's as popular as Melodies from Heaven, but for all you church kids, it's a <laughs> this is a really great one. Mm. <laughs> oh. Wow. <laughs> I am the first. Yes, sir. Talk about God in first person. <laughs> Man. That is I Am God by Donald Lawrence. Couldn't even get into that verse. We'll get caught up. We'll get caught up. All right, Chris, number two. <laughs> number two. That is like top three gospel song for me. <laughs> number Man. Two. Number two, let's go. I told you, I didn't come to play with you. Y'all thought y'all was there. I'm, listen, I'm prepared. <laughs> okay, Brian, I just want to throw it out there. Your second song, Okay, I'm going to go away with it and do your backup because we got to come back strong. <laughs> okay. You can fight me later. All right. That is No Joy, No Strength. No Strength. By James Hall. By James and the voices and the of voices. Citadel. Mm, okay. So this is what we're going to do. So we're going to get yeah. somebody a little bit comparable to that. Okay. Um, it is a classic from a classic artist. And um, hmm. the intro is kind of long, so it may take you a while to, to get into <laughs> it. But here we are nonetheless.
Ooh, that's a banger. Uh uh. That is more abundantly Ooh. by Ricky Dillon and Nuji. <laughs> you see them choir songs just been they hitting hit different. different. They hit different. This was my favorite category. It was harder because I had I had some JJ Harrison on here. God is Man. an awesome God. I had some Hezzy. I had some Jumpy Key. Um, I had some Memphis Classic, but I knew I couldn't play those because they while they were hit, they ain't gonna resonate with everybody. So I just, gotcha. just you know, um, it is strategy involved. It, it's in strategy this. versus is about strategy. You can't always. That's why I play the love God. You can't always go with your favorites. You got to play with what the you know what resonates with the culture. You hit that Jumpy Key. <laughs> All right. Jesus Christ. All right. So we are in our next. Oh, that was tough. Um, the next one is groups and quartets. I've already taken off the gloves. This, mm, I'm just just play it. Okay. We can talk about this afterwards. Sure. I'm ready. I'm ready. I, I have a I have one major beef with this song. Okay. I had to take it away from you. It was first on my list. I knew it was. I told Brian we had to go for the jugular. I said, we got to take away Maddie's girls from them. <laughs> this is a long intro. That's why you should have got the one off the live one last time version, the one that I had. <laughs> you had to go through all that. But go ahead, do your thing. That is, you brought the sunshine you brought the to sunshine. my life by Maddie's girls, Maddie Moss Clark's girls, more affectionately known as the Clark sisters. Um, my beef with the song, Twinkie White sell them masters. She got them back. Well, they need to get the masters on, on Apple Music or Tidal because the production level on here is terrible. Well, no, that ain't got nothing to do with the masters. That's just how it was produced. Oh, <laughs> that's just. But see, that's why you should have played this version. Okay. Oh. Yeah, I was ready, but I'm not. I'm not. Okay. I'm not gonna help y'all out. Anyway, because you took my song away. <laughs> I'm just going. I'm just going to give you what the best that I can give. It's a. It's an old classic from the same city. Okay. We're gonna stay right there in Detroit, <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna go with this group right here. Hmm. Whatever you do, this is good. Whatever that groove hits, man. That is the whiners uphold me with Marvin Wines is a freaking singer. Okay. He is. He yeah, I'm not a huge fan of everything else, but that singing, my God. That's definitely one of those songs they play on uh Sunday night. You know, they, they play that relaxed gospel mm. on Sunday nights on the radio. That's a good one, man. So go ahead. Since you took Maddie's, I got to pull one of my backups out now. You just took Maddie's girls away from me. <laughs> All right. Um, this is when I will throw in the disclaimer. This is Brian's pick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is his John P. Key pick. Okay. Yeah. 
That is Willie Neal Johnson. I know Willie Neal. In the gospel keynotes with uh, just a rehearsal. Um, I'll admit to you, I've never heard this song before in my life. Me either. I know Willie Neal Johnson <laughs> only because he was featured on one of Kirk's songs. I've never heard this song before in my life. Um, so that was Brian's pick. <laughs> okay. Well, I did choose one backup. I had a backup. Um, had the Winers and the Clarks, but I, I'm not a big quartet fan, but I said since it's a category, let me use one of them for my backup. So hopefully y'all know these people. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll go right here. Let me get it going. Oh my God. My soul was sinking in a world of sin, but grace and mercy, it took me in. It took my feet out of the miry clay and placed them on on a rock to stay. Oh, what a relief it was when God rescued me. I want to get to the boat, of course. You're doing this despite me. Because we're all going to come in real quick. And it felt like cooling water, cooling water. That is cooling water by the Williams Brothers. If there is any gospel song that I hate, <laughs> I hate cooling water. And I think it's just because I saw the music video before I heard the song. That's the worst music video I've ever seen before in my life. Oh man, but you can't deny like its impact on gospel and quartet music, man. It's it's a classic quartet song. I mean, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you might not like it, but hey, we're here. There's a there's an audience for there's everything. There's an audience for everything. Right. Um, I since we're moving on, solo is next. But go ahead, just so we know what we're queuing up. Men of Standard wasn't in your group. They were. They were definitely considered. Actually, yeah. For sure. Mm. Um, them and um, um, who else do I have on here? I actually had Mary Mary and then I had a BB ah. I had a BB and CC back up too. So but go ahead. Let's go. We're, uh, we're solo. Okay. We're on solo now. Mm -hmm. All right. And granted, just for people who know, it does not mean that a choir can't accompany them. But what solo means is like it's not necessarily Hezekiah Walker and such and such. It's just like right. this person, you know what I'm saying? So they may have a choir or strong background vocals, but just sort of just, just as a heads up. So there you go. All right. Um, we're moving on to solo and we're starting off um, with this. All right. I believe this is a John P. Keith pick. Oh. My life. That's a good song, though, Chris. It is. Boom, 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 boom. I like the music. It's reassured. <laughs> that is my soul has been anchored. Yeah, I'm familiar. In the Lord by Douglas Miller. All right. So he looked like he Baptist. I'm sorry. I'm looking at this cover. I went to this young lady. She's a 
She's a staple. She does quite a I few. Know where you're going. She does quite a few tributes these days. All the BT awards, they always calling on her. Oh. Um. So, here we go. Hmm. got it <laughs> that is uh, the battle is the lord's by auntie yo-yo yolanda adams can't talk I mean, about geez. can't talk about solo gospel artists not talking about auntie yo-yo man you can't i mean not voice equivalent but she's like the tony braxton of uh gospel in a sense yeah and she can sing anything anything she legit can sing anything so all and right. she's tall oh, yeah i love her yeah amazonian like go <laughs> Um, you know, we went through 2020 mm-hmm. and, um, at the end of 2020, this is our song. Like everybody could sing this song. This is one of Maddie's girls. When I look back over my life, okay, okay. God's done for me. Okay, we want to play. I got to stop it right there. You got to. Because the other thing is, I had her in another <laughs> category, but it's okay. I had that same song in another category, but it's okay. That's how you did with um, I Am God. I had that in another category. It's okay. <laughs> but I will I will stay in that same Ooh. vein and play baby I sister. Could have been, I could have been dead and gone. <laughs> gonna play baby, we going to play baby sister. Play baby sister. I didn't mean to do that, but y'all know what it is. It's all right. There we are. Barbara Gilead, originally recorded by the Clark Sisters, but re-recorded as a solo track on Finally Karen by Karen Clark Sheard. So there we are. Great song. Great song. Great song. Great song. Great remake. I actually like her version better than the Clark Sisters version. Um, Yeah. Definitely. So here we are. We're going. We're, we're, we're going to coming toward the end of this versus. We're in the 80s, 80s gospel. And we're moving. And we're moving. Song number one, Chris. Let's go. Let's do it. What did All Brian, right. what did Brian give you? Jesus said. <laughs> They're like the, this was like the Shalomar of gospel. <laughs> <laughs> Legit. Tomorrow. Jesus 
and gospel plays were never the same. Never the same. <laughs> so this That's one, tomorrow, this one barely made the era, but 1989 counts. <laughs> okay. So here we are. <laughs> That's such a choir song. Choir rock. And for what? Put your bees up again, Chris. Do it again. Put your bees up. <laughs> what else? What, what other time? And then the sad time. Happens you there. That is having you there by the Mississippi Mass Choir. <laughs> they got hits. They got hits after hits after hits. All right, brother. They got some hits. Number two off the board, 80s. All right. Go. Going to the 80s. This is my weak point. <laughs> Sound very Luther Vandrosi. Ron gave us these 80s ballads. Denny? Running Back to You by Commission. Commission. I feel like this is the song Brian got saved to. It might be. That's, that thing hit him. That was personal. This this the one. That's the one. <laughs> All right. You know, I'm I'm, I'm going to go upbeat. I'm going to keep I'm going to take us back upbeat. And um, I'm going to go here from a gospel legend himself. is over by the incomparable Walter Hawkins. The incomparable Walter Hawkins. Man, I love Mr. Walter Hawkins. Man. He's a beast. He's a beast. He's a beast. All right. This is where it gets tough. 90s gospel. Okay. So <laughs> originally it was going to be I Am God that we start off with. Mm-hmm. Um, snatched that right on off the board like you snatched Maddie from him. You did. <laughs> um, so I'm going to snatch another one that I'm sure is on your board. And we're going to stay with Walter Hawkins. Okay. Not on my board, but it's great pick. Oh. Great pick. Great pick. 
This is like the quintessential gospel. Oh, song. this is like offering professional music. I mean, everything. You already know. <laughs> offering time is the best time. Thanksgiving service. The economy is down. And it's so amazing how uh, those lyrics are still relevant, like right now. <laughs> still relevant. I love that part. <laughs> I can't do no run, but I try. Right, that is Walter Hawkins. Thank you. All right. You took you you took melodies from heaven from me. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean Kirk was taken away. <laughs> okay. So here we are with one of his first singles from the 90s. Ooh, that's the one. That's the one. Oh yeah. <laughs> That saxophone, there it is. Ooh. Is that Kenny G? The <laughs> tell a man that was real big. Flower dresses. Some flower dresses. Jesus Christ. That is Silver and Gold by <laughs> Kirk Franklin. Uh, I was seven years old to my son. Uh, woke up this morning feeling kind of down. Called her my best <laughs> friend. She could not be bad. Hey, what am I talking about? That's why you got to be careful about what songs you let kids <laughs> sing in church choirs. Oh, but, so I yeah. will say, as a note, our ministry music was very particular about that. If you had the voice, but it was a very mature lyric like that, it's like mm. you're not. You're not singing. I'm sorry. <laughs> you ain't been through that. You ain't been through that. You ain't woke up in the morning feeling kind of about feeling down about what? <laughs> Man, we didn't even have cell phones um, when we was kids. So, like, who you call? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, number two for '90s. What did Brian give us? What did y'all collaborate um, on? Number two for '90s. Here we go. Okay. We have to talk about a John P. Key choice. It's John P. Key. Jumpy Key in that bag, then. It's me, oh Lord. Man, like, I don't know what's better, that those runs or the testimony at the end. Oh, yeah. It's but, a good song. Man. Jumpy Key is pretty undefeated. And, Legit. Uh, yeah. I, I don't expect this song to beat Jumpy Key, but again, staple, end of the 90s, uh, kind of mm-hmm. shifted a new era in gospel. Show is hot out here. <laughs> Show is hot out here. <laughs> I don't mind, though. Keep that free 
Those are those Atkins girls, aka the Campbell girls, because they married cousins. Um, Mary, Mary, <laughs> Erica, and Tina Campbell. Shackles. Mary, Mary, AKA me in there. Praise you. All right, the 2000s. So that is year 2000 all the way up to 2009. All right, so we're still taking over for the 99 and 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, 99, because that's the 90s. But we're going to go. We, right. I, I know where you're going, Reverend. I'm here. We I'm in 2000s. I'm with you. Gotcha. I'm with you. All right, so we're still going to stay with John P. Key. Um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's a bunch of John P. Key on this list. <laughs> That is John P. Key, Rain on Us. Rain on me. Okay. So... We're going to go 2000s. I could not enter the 2000s era without considering this gentleman right here. And this is how we're going to start it off. Victory tie tribute. You can't talk about the 2000s without tie tribute. He ran. He ran the, the 2000s. 2000s. He ran the 2000s. Legit. Fresh didn't come out of 2000s, did it? Um, fresh. Maybe the later end. Fresh was when I was having Josh and going through. So 2011. So yeah, 2010, 2011. So it was technically not the 2000s. So. Got it. All right, second one on our list. Okay. We gotta, we gotta go there. <laughs> There we go. Good one. About to, somebody hit that high, high. That is Rickard, oh, <laughs> Ricky Dillard <laughs> in New G. Um, there is no way. Shouts out to Emily Moore Martin, who would sing that at Cathedral. Oh, of yeah, and, we, and would kill it, do a great justice. Indeed. Here's my last one for the 2000s. Take 
suddenly by um, Bishop Eddie Long and the New Birth Mass Choir featuring Vanessa Bell Armstrong. It's Vanessa Bell Armstrong's song. Um, boy, oh boy. But yeah, such a great song. Choirs was all over the place who were attempting to do it. Um, just couldn't get those ad libs right because there's nobody quite like a Vanessa in good voice. In good voice. In good voice. In good voice. All right, so here we are, 2010 to present, and we are ready to wrap this thing up. Man, this was probably the hardest part on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to go with something recently. Okay. I have all these responsibilities. It seems like I'm doing everything I can for you, and everything is just going opposite. Anybody ever been there? It seems like you're going all the That was Todd Galbert. Um, with the Lord, you are good. All right. Let's keep it in the worship vein and let's go to this, which I call the total praise of the new century. Need some therapy right therapy now. Therapy is not a selfish thing. <laughs> Man, mm. uh-huh. Go ahead. Woo-hoo. Um, Brian, I just want you to know that um, Josh did take that song. <laughs> um, so right now I'm just scrambling. Mm-hmm. So you can blame me if we don't make this round because you know the current. <laughs> Um, is not my it's strong not your point. strongest point. It's not my strongest <laughs> point, but I think I have something here. And um, yep, we have it right here. Uh, where's that album? There we go. Mm. What? I can't play it. Oh, <laughs> I gotta go to Apple Music. Oh, y'all making me scrap. Uh, strap. Uh, I'm. I'm just all oh, this combined. Oh, um, look at you. Here. Brought us back, Brian. He's intentional, never failing. I know that all things are working for my good. Yeah. He's intentional, never 
That is Travis Green, intentional. Um, Brian, if you didn't like the choice, it's okay. You can you can meet me outside. I I, I will take the I will take the blow. Okay, so I'm kind of torn. I have a few backups here, some that are really churchy, one that's very contemporary, two that are kind of worshipy. I, I threw a lot of songs in here because I just know where I want to go. Because I already played my first one off the board. Um, man, where do I want to do this? How intentional. Mm. Intentional. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to go with my heart. I'm going to go with my heart. <laughs> I'm going to go with my heart. Go with it. Go with my heart on this one. It's a good song, nonetheless. <laughs> When there was no one around, God came and spoke these words to me. Praise will confuse the enemy. That is um, Praise Him in Advance by Marvin Sapp. Originally written by Dion Kipping. That man's pen is stupid. Um, but yeah, man, that's how I had to end. I had a few songs in there. I had some Dorinda. You know, he turned, um, he brought me, had some Ty Trippett. He turned it. I had some J.J. Harrison. I had some things I could choose for. It was just, again, the 2010 to present so is so many. And right at that cusp of 2010, like 2014, it was real good. A bunch of good stuff. Cause I think that's when Praise Men Advance and what's the other um song? Uh, he saw the not well, he saw the best music, another album, but um, never would have made it. all that was like right in 2010, right? And um, and there's so many people like when I was scrambling here on this last one, I was thinking William Murphy, yep, he um, got some great ones, and then going back, it, it the only thing I would have changed on Brian's list on solo. I think I would have gone, you know, I got to go uh, Marvin Sapp with Perfect Peace. Mm. I will keep you in. You know what? I think I violated the board. Praise Him in Advance was 07. And you had it for what? I had it for 2010 to present. I thought that was afterwards. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. So I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to pick one just so I can stay. So that's the official, that's the one I will I will post and not praise him in advance. It is I smile, Kirk Franklin. Um Great song, great guy. 2000, I think 10, 11 or somewhere in there. And um and it's funny because um Brian and I were texting and I said we were talking about strategy and I was like what we were trying to be dirty. We were like well, I said what was Josh's favorite Kirk Franklin album? We got to take a song off of that album and use it against him. Oh, my favorite Kirk Franklin album is Hero. That's what we said. <laughs> we said it's Hero, but I was like, yeah, Ain't none of these songs like all these songs are good, but 
it, it wouldn't work this time. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't work. My favorite album is Hero. Yeah. I, the Hero would have been like the song, actual, the actual title track, Hero is my favorite song off the album. Not only because it featured Dorinda Dur- Dur- Clark Cole, it's very a great reason why, um, but also because it's just an amazing song. Um, it tells, like, you know, I like songs that tell stories and it tells a story. Right. Um, so, yeah, but that would have been like my jumpy key because while it's a great song, it wasn't like a hit hit. Right. Um, Looking for you is the hit off that, the big hit off the album. Yeah, that was good, man. And this was fun. Brian came with some 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 numbers. He hit us with the Willie Neal Johnson though. He hit us with the he hit us with the Willie Neal. Any hit? He hit us with the Willie Neal Johnson. That was that was a that was a that was a. I would say a toe tapper, but a toe scratcher. <laughs> Uh, head scratcher, a head scratcher. We some head buffs. We're, we're gonna have to ask about him. We're gonna we're gonna have to ask, I'm gonna ask him next week when he come back from uh, from Martha's Vineyard what he thought about that. But all right, bro. That's, that's the first convers- part of the conversation. But all right, bro. Really let's deal, huh? let's get let's get into some black man self care, and uh, let's talk about what we're doing. Usa, Usa, Usa. All right, brother, we are here at I Am My Brother's Keeper, where we discuss all things black man self-care. And um, Chris, what are you doing, man? Take care of yourself. I, you just got your nose hairs and stuff waxed. <laughs> so, man, so some type of self So what else are you doing, man? Um, This weekend, I plan on playing golf. I okay. haven't played golf in two weeks. It is my self-care. It is my time apart from the house where I just go out on the golf course. I worry about nothing but the shot I'm taking. Um, there is a possibility that I will go to church this weekend. Um, <laughs> okay. It's the strong, well, it's about 50 50. Um, I do have a wife that is expecting. And then the service I was going to go to or looking at going to is at 5 30 p.m. on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And Reverend A didn't know Sunday night service in years. And I don't plan on starting now. So um, is that the. The the dedication service for um, Linwood's new builder. Yep. Okay, that is so. Sunday, I'm looking to go to church um, and then prepare um, for next weekend, which should be a very um, fun-filled weekend. So that, that's my self-care. What about for you? Oh, so um, my line brother's coming into town. So I am going to be playing host. Um, I'm exposing him to Effect Fitness at boot camp. You know, you know, if Plus you know anything hard. about Brandon, he works out. But I don't know that he's ready for this, but his first time is free. So it's not like he's wasting any money. <laughs> um, and uh, since he's coming with me, he's going to get a tall brick on like the second row. <laughs> so so um, I hope he's ready. I don't think he is, but I, I sent him the IG page. But no, man, I haven't seen my LB in well over almost two years because of the pandemic. Oh, wow. Dang. So I didn't know it was that long. Yeah, like so we hadn't seen each other since man, sometime in 2019. Um, so we'll get a chance to hang out and kick it and um and really in, you know, because he hasn't he hasn't been to Atlanta in man almost three years or so. Uh, oh, wow. and last time he was here, he was here for a short stint. So we're gonna really have some time to kick it and hang out and catch up and you know, be brothers. So I've been I've been trying to think through some things we can do, but yeah, just Excuse me, definitely righteous enjoying and ratchet, righteous and ratchet. <laughs> definitely righteous and ratchet weekend for sure. Um, definitely enjoying my brother, and um, that's it, man. Um, uh, it's the first of the month, so 
You know, bills are due. Wake up. Listen. <laughs> so while we do plan on having a good time, it is going to be a responsible time. Um, but that's all. And then I'll be, you know, ready to hear what Brian, you know, does after Martha's Vineyard since he's been relaxing and maxing and relaxing. How do you follow cool. that up? How do you follow that up? How do you follow Martha's Vineyard? Goals. Goals. But I do know one way we can. what you're doing for others. <laughs> I do know one way we can follow up this segment, and that's by going to our listener letters. So let's go on over there and see what Rodney Jenkins put in there, and let's go head over to the P.O. Box. Oh, yes, wait a minute, Mr. Bozeman. Wait, hey, 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 Mr. Bozeman. All right, good people, we are here at the post office box, and as always, I want to let you know that you can write into the Jigsaw by going to ask the jigsaw at gmail.com and you can write in your letter your comments your questions and we will um respect your pronouns read um give you a pseudonym which is a fake name and possibly read your letter out loud here on the show so with that being said i am going to do a brian's job again <laughs> and read Man. the letter so chris um what we typically do is give them a a strong black name as a pseudonym right. so their pronouns are he and him all right, so since we're going he and him, my favorite one of my favorite shows is Martin, so I'm going to go Otis. Otis. All right, so <laughs> Otis writes, what's up, guys? I love the show and all the jazz, but I need to get right into the question. I think my girl is pregnant. <laughs> I am not ready for this level of responsibility. We have been together for a little over two years, and well, spending all this time together because the pandemic um, caused us to get close yesterday she tells me she went to the doctor and she is three months pregnant she pretty much knew by my response that this was not something i was particularly excited about as you can imagine this did not make her feel good at all we have had tension uh, among us ever since and i'm not sure how to move forward i'll be lying to say that i'm excited and happy about it but i am also like this is reality so whatever what would you guys do how do you move forward how do I reconcile this with my girl? Any help will be appreciated. Otis. Chris, you go go ahead. Uh, you're not going to tell that woman what to do with her body. <laughs> um, it really just boils down to having a conversation. Granted, you may not want this child, mm -hmm. um, but the ultimate decision is upon this young lady that you are with. Yeah. Um, and if you find yourself in a situation where she wants to move forward and keep her baby, then you as a man have the responsibility to help raise a child. Um, I don't subscribe to the idea that just because you got her pregnant means you have to spend the rest of your life with her because that's just certainly not the case. Uh, but it is your responsibility as a man um, and now as a new role as a father to be there for that child. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to be the deadbeat dad. You don't want to be the guy that has a situation with baby mama drama. Mm -hmm. You also don't want to be that guy who ends up being taken to court and all of a sudden you paying $800 in child support, but your checks $1,500 every two weeks. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be that guy. So um, granted, you're scared, you're nervous, you don't know what to expect. Um, it's time to man up. Um, I don't want to use, I don't want to use that term per se, um, but it's time to step up. Let me say that it's time to step up and handle your responsibilities. No, I think that's a, um, I think it's a great response. The only thing that I would add is that you did say you're not excited, but I'm also in a place where it's reality. So it is what it is paraphrasing. So it kind of, what it seems like is that 
while you're not necessarily excited, you have come to the grips. That's like, all right, I'm about to be a dad. But don't be a butthole and be like, you know, so don't be like, oh, whatever. You know, it's like, yes, it is what it is. And this is your reality. But if you're going to be a father, be all in. And to Chris's point, that doesn't mean that if this has caused such a great rift between you and your girl or your lady, rather, um, that y'all got to stay together. What it does mean is that you do need to show up for this baby. Um, So while you may not be at every doctor's appointment, you may not be at whatever, 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 you need to show up and be a father to this child. Um, Also, to Chris's point, you cannot want it all you want. The baby's coming. And if she's decided to keep it, um, then that's what's happening. Prepare yourself to be a father. That's all I got. So the best thing you can do is say, how do you reconcile? Because it's not like you still want to be together. You sit down, you have a conversation, a real conversation about how it threw you off guard, how at this moment in your life, you did not envision yourself having a child. And that's okay. And for God's sake, she probably didn't either. Um, But sit down and have that conversation and let her know that my response was was trash. But I was really shocked. And this is just not where I saw myself. But now that we're here and you ask her, babe, how can we move forward? Because I really want to do this. I want to be supportive. Um, And while this is not in my plan, this is where we are. So let's do this. Like that's the, that's all you can do. And either she can accept it or she won't. Um, you can't make her, you can't control her response. If, if that doesn't work, um, couples therapy is not just for married people. I'll say it again. Legit. Couples therapy is not just for married people. So whether you stay together or not, this baby has bound y'all together. So at the very least, if you need to sit on somebody's couch, just so you two can have some type of amicable relationship, because what we don't want, especially among us brothers and sisters, is to continue having broken homes in the sense of you're not there. You got the baby mama, baby daddy drama. Like, no, figure that stuff out in the front. And if you can't do it by yourself, get a licensed professional to help you think through it and talk it through. Plain and simple. And I would just add on to that. You all have repeatedly said, I don't want to be the main reason my child goes to therapy. Mm -hmm. Brother, brother Otis, (laughs) Don't be the reason. Don't be the main reason why your child goes yeah. to therapy. Um, I'm not sure what your background is, but I'm pretty sure you you have seen um, people who didn't grow up with their fathers involved mm-hmm. in their life. You've seen the broken relationships, but I also hope that you've seen good relationships and good homes where people had both parents involved in their life, even if they weren't together. Right, right. Um, so I definitely want to push you forward. Um onward and upward from here um it's going to be okay it's okay to have these emotions of i'm not ready yeah emote brother yeah you'll you'll never be ready uh but the only thing you can do at this point is get ready so now once you get those emotions out i wasn't ready this is not where i saw myself once you get all those emotions out you're building that bridge now to get over it and Mm -hmm. building that bridge to get over it now you're learning or now you're getting to the place of preparing because like Josh said, this baby is coming. It's coming. Now you got to prepare and you don't want to see, you don't want to find yourself behind the eight ball playing catch up um, on stuff that you should have gotten out earlier and stuff that you should have been preparing for. Um, So that's just my advice to you, brother. Absolutely, man. Um, So I don't have anything else to add, but Otis, I hope that all goes well. Write us back and let us know how it went. Um, Wishing you the best. And a um, successful and happy, wonderful, big old fat, juicy black baby. That's what that, that's that's what we hope. That's what Amen. we hope. That's what we hope. A to the man. So let's get ready to wrap the wrap up the podcast, mighty God, um, and have a greater conversation. I got some some things about the white taste that I want to get off my chest. <laughs> 
Let the church <laughs> say amen. All right, let's head on over. Let's head on okay. over. <laughs> Let me talk. Let me talk. All right, good people. Here we are at a greater conversation, and this is the opportunity where we get things off our chest and, and express what's been bothering us and kind of read the people for filth like Nene Leaks. Chris, there's anything that's on your mind, on your heart that you want to express, you want to, you want to get out there? Um, I'm going to let you go first okay. because you may trigger something. Okay. Well, as you know that, you know, I got a new job and I do not work in predominantly white space. Thank God. But today I was thrust into an opportunity that I was in a predominantly white space. And um, while standing in line at this luncheon, I was standing behind a couple of gentlemen and um, one of the event hosts walked, you know, was having a conversation with the two gentlemen in front of me and began to say, hey, watch out for this behind you. You might pick your pockets. <laughs> um, then he said, no, I'm, 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 I'm the real pickpocket here. And then I just kind of looked. I didn't even laugh. I looked at him and just turned my head the other way because I did not have the time to explain to him the ways in which that was completely racist. <laughs> that was a huge and terrible generalization to my case. We literally just met 10 minutes ago. I don't understand why you thought that was an appropriate joke. I don't understand why you thought that was a real joke. I don't understand why you thought that was funny at all. And the other guys look kind of awkward, I think, based on my response. They knew, like, oh, this black dude doesn't think this is funny. And it wasn't. So the greater conversation of it all is that white people, stop trying to be cool in here. Just be you. You don't have to say certain things to make me laugh. You don't have to say certain things to get attention or anything like that because you're, what you're likely going to do is edge up on racism. You're going to creep up on a bunch of prejudices. And I don't think that this gentleman had ill intention. I do think that it was a moment of whiteness. And that is what we've always talked about on this podcast. It is not white people. It is whiteness. And sometimes your inability to see through what that is and understand how it's affecting your everyday life. So do not ever tell a black person because they're standing behind someone. Oh, be careful. He may be a pickpocket. Like, what about me in this Kenneth Cole <laughs> custom tailored suit that I had on with Cole Han loafers? completely labels. completely i'm just saying completely manicured guy dolce and gabbana frames like everything about me apple watch everything about me speaks a level of elevation i'm not i'm not, i am a brand whore to an extent but i'm just saying all of this level of presentation given to you very well pre, you know press no wrinkles creases are tight everything ankles ain't you know ankles are oil because i have on those socks um <laughs> All that kind of stuff. Like, what about me? I didn't have my earrings in today. My tattoos were not showing because I had on a suit. Like, freshly shaved face. I'm, I'm really trying to figure out what about me <laughs> would have given you the impression that I would pick, I would be a pickpocket besides the fact that my skin is black. And the fact that you could make a joke in that way and thought it was okay, it's not okay. So I'm not going to reach you for complete filth. I just want to, I want to take this time to educate all the white people who may be listening that please be mindful of what you say, how you say it, who you say it to, because me just rolling my eyes and looking away could have been a much different response. And because I'm very, 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 very new on this job, I chose not to be Malcolm X. I chose to be Martin <laughs> and turn the cheek. Um, but you only got so many. Cheeks. But you only got so many because I'm pretty sure I'm going to be in that environment again. And the next time right. I'm in that environment, I cannot promise you that something like that happens then I am going to be as 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 calm, cool, and collected as I was today. 
See, I'm getting upset with thinking about it the, the more because I had to hold back. But nevertheless, Chris, anything that you have to get off your chest, this is your opportunity to get it off your chest. Get it off your chest. This is probably going to piss you off as well. Um, I knew you would say something that would get my mind going. Um, we celebrated Juneteenth not too long ago. Am I correct? Okay. Yep, you're correct. I am a golfer. Um, I this is my second year golfing. And um, there's a black golfer that everyone knows. His name is Tiger Woods. Mm. He's often recognized as the GOAT, if you will, the Michael Jordan of golf. Sure. Um, and then there's also another gentleman who's on the tour championship. Um, his name is Harold Varner III, um, okay. who happens to be married to a Caucasian, a European lady. These two gentlemen, along with the PGA, did not recognize Juneteenth, but they were adamantly, or they were definitely celebrating Father's Day. <laughs> Tiger Woods' father is Black. Uh-huh. Harold Varner is Black, so I'm assuming both his parents were Black. Uh, I, I, it's very irritating to know that the PGA uh, while publicly they'll say they want to change the face of golf, um, nobody, these two gentlemen and the PGA did not recognize Juneteenth. Um, you cannot call for a diversity Wait a inclusion and not recognize Juneteenth. Um, I'm not surprised that Tiger Woods did not post anything or did not say anything about Juneteenth, but it does irritate me that Tiger Woods did happen to speak up on um, George Floyd and police brutality um, in a very vague statement that did that did not um, the statement by Tiger Woods it did not um, it did not what's the word I'm looking for it did not speak against police brutality mm -hmm. but instead speak with police that uh, police have a hard job yeah so that's what I'm irritated about. Um, Nothing really surprises me about Tiger Woods, but other black golfers who are actually on the PGA Tour, you have a platform. You have the backing of so many black golfers. Mm -hmm. Granted, it's not as wide as it is with the NBA and other professional sports, but there's still a um, cohort of black golfers who are trying to make it and who are trying to push past um, the stereotypes and the uh, in the environment of golf, um, it's a very, it's very white. It's a white space. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what my issue is. I, I'm very irritated that two black golfers um, in a organization that wants inclusion and diversity did not say anything, did not recognize Juneteenth at all, but were so gung ho about celebrating Father's Day. I hope in the future um, that this is a learning lesson and that these platforms will be used for the right thing. Um, but, you know, white, white, going to, white people going white people. White people going white people. Whiteness is going to always be whiteness. And with that said, understood and accepted, that is another episode of Jigsaw Podcast. Um, I would like to take this time before I thank my audience. I want to thank my friend, 
my brother um came from two nuts two different nut sacks two different you know pushed out of two different ways but that is my brother light skin huncher himself chris moore chris moore about to be a daddy and if you know the story behind chris moore's life it is it is it is just it is it's one to marvel it is it is miraculous I had a praying grandmother. It is miraculous. I had a praying grandmother. It was miraculous that Chris is about to be somebody that, that he's about to be responsible for another life other than his own. You know, we celebrate, we celebrated the milestone that he got married. He finally settled down. And then from there, this man is starting a family. We, 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 we love to see it. We love to see it. And we are, we are excited about it. But thank you, bro, for being on the podcast and sitting in for our other brother. Um, amazing job. Appreciate your energy. Appreciate your support. And um, appreciate everybody who listens into the podcast every single week. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. We see the love. We see the hearts. We see the comments. We see the messages and everything. We may not be able to respond to everything like we should, but we see it. And I'm telling you that we appreciate it. Um, Brian would usually jump in here and say that you can follow us <laughs> at... I am Josh Rogers on Instagram at I am Brian Hare. You can follow Chris at Real Chris Moore. I am Real Chris Moore on Instagram. There it is. Real Chris Moore on Instagram. Christopher Moore on Facebook. Um, and yeah, of course, follow the podcast at the Jigsaw Podcast on Instagram. You can also write us by writing to ask the Jigsaw at gmail.com or send general inquiries to the Jigsaw Podcast at gmail.com. And without further ado, that is a wrap. So as I would typically say, all you could do is what you can, while you can, the best ways that you can. But whatever you do, don't you dare get caught with your work undone. Good night, y'all. It's been a good one. Peace. Peace.